Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Truth. I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Huston, back with another episode here on The Truth. Joined once again by AJ Ponciano. AJ, how are you doing on this fine Monday evening? I'm doing great. How are you, Niall? I'm great. Just got done praising the Lord at Bible study. I'm feeling great. Baseball season's right around the corner, so that's obviously very exciting. Spring training's been going on now for a little bit. And we got the final team in the NL Central, the preview. We have previewed every other team besides the Milwaukee Brewers, which is going to be the main focus, obviously, on this show. If you guys are new, this is our 30 teams in 30. 30-day series where we basically preview briefly each team and maybe some successes or weaknesses going into this upcoming season. As I mentioned, we'll start with our team MVP. We'll each give our team MVP our prediction where they stand, a big-name acquisition and a big-name loss in the offseason, maybe some other ads or losses, biggest bust on the team, a breakout player, and then AJ will do the minor league player segment to the minor league player to look out for. Without further ado, AJ, who do you have as the Milwaukee Brewers MVP for the upcoming season? Uh, I believe it's clear who the team MVP is, probably the most talented player on the team, former Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns. I agree. Corbin Burns is my MVP um, for the team this season. His numbers are just ridiculous, flat out. I mean, sure, 2019, um, not the greatest. He had 32 games played and had an 8.82 ERA. But his last three seasons, he's maintained an ERA under three. The last season was a little bit of a quote-unquote down year compared to his 2021 campaign where he really shined. But Corbin Burns is just filthy. Um, For those of you that play MLB The Show, a lot of people know that you can't hit any of his pitches. And most MLB players can't really hit any of his pitches in real life. So it's very difficult. But he is the catalyst for that Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff and honestly for the Milwaukee Brewers team as a whole. Alongside, you know, Brandon Woodruff, even when they had Josh Hader and then like Devin Williams in the bullpen, this pitching staff for the Brewers is quite remarkable. But I think there is one name, obviously, that we both can agree on, and the team MVP is Corbin Burns. I'm expecting him to have another good season. I think this next season will be a little bit better than last year. Not saying that last year is bad, but maybe to his standards, it was a little bit of a down year. He is absolutely insane. He does like, what, 98-mile-an-hour cutters, sinkers, throws the ball hard ball moves a lot. I don't understand how people are able to see it. And I think most people don't see it because he had 243 strikeouts last year. What about position in the standings? Where do you think they're going to finish this season? Um, I believe they are a second place team in their division behind the Cardinals. Uh, they have the biggest chance to win the division or to compete with the Cardinals, but they, their offense just isn't quite there. Um, mainly surrounding Christian Yelich, questions about him, if he's going to return back to his 2019 or May 2018 Christian Yelich. But right now I have him at second. I agree with that. And I think it's something that we brought um, onto the scene. I think it was with the Cardinals, where we really just talked about the Cardinals being the forefront for the NL Central. And really, other than the Cardinals, the only other team that would seem to contend for the NL Central crown would be the Milwaukee Brewers. Obviously, we've gone over every team but the Brewers, but we kind of mentioned the Cubs are going to be the middle of the pack. The Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be the top two, and then the Reds and the Pirates are going to be battling for last place. That's kind of how the, not only I think it's going to be projected, but I think how a lot of people are expecting, even Brewers fans for that matter, are expecting their season to go. The only bright spot for the Brewers is their division is so crappy that they really only have to beat one team, 
and that's the St. Louis Cardinals. But then again, you know, I think the Brewers are going to fit comfortably in that second spot. Uh, the Cubs are definitely going to have some aspirations this year to maybe catch them. Uh, they've gotten some big name acquisitions that we talked about with the Cubs series. So the only liable threat for second place, in my opinion, is the Cubs. And the only liable threat for first place in the division is the Brewers. So it kind of works hand in hand with one another. But then again, the division is so interesting that maybe the, the Cubs will win the division. I doubt it, but you never know. Uh, but the Brewers definitely, I think, are going to finish as the second spot in the division and probably around the same record, probably fight for a playoff spot throughout the season. What about a big-name acquisition and a big-name loss in the offseason? Uh, I believe the biggest name that they picked up this offseason was William Contreras uh, from the Braves. With the Braves, he never really had a chance to show off what he could do his first two years, only playing four games in 2020, uh, 52 in 2021. And then he bumped that up, almost doubled it with 97 games in 2022. In that time, he hit 278 with a 354 on base, slugging at 506, OPS at 860, had 20 home runs and only 334 at-bats, one triple, 14 doubles. Uh, I feel like with him going there, he's going to be the starting catcher with Omar Narvaez, which is one of my losses. Um He's going to have the opportunity to play there. He's young. He's very talented. His minor league stats back him up, and he's performed really well in the majors when he has been called up. I'm going to go with a little bit of a different route. I'm going to go with an interesting one. I'm going to go with the addition of Wade Miley to the starting rotation. Now, the Milwaukee Brewers obviously have a great pitching staff. They didn't really need many, I guess, starters or lower end starters but Wade Miley is a veteran starter I think he fills his spot in the rotation very nicely obviously he threw a no hitter not too long ago um, so a lot of people have had that in the back of their minds but last season with the Cubs had a 3.16 ERA the season before with the Reds where he appeared in 28 games had a 3.37 so seems in a way he's been kind of doing better towards the later stages of his career obviously early on he had some successes too but kind of an interesting career for Wade Miley Having a good lefty arm, I think, is huge for them. And also what's kind of huge for them, too, is the fact that uh, Wade Miley is staying in the division. You know, he was on the Cubs last season. So kind of getting a little bit of a division taste, maybe if they face the Cubs. Now, obviously, the Cubs roster looks a bit more revamped than it was last season. But maybe knowing a little bit more of tendencies or having some revenge on his mind. Wade Miley, though, is one of those guys that's been a journeyman somewhat, you know, traveled through many different organizations, the Cubs, the Reds, the Astros, Brewers, Orioles, Mariners, Red Sox, and Diamondbacks. So he's basically been all over, 36 years old. You know, he's not going to um, blow it past you, but he's got really good wipeout stuff. And I think more than anything, I think this addition for the Brewers is huge as far as a role perspective um, and really kind of utilizing his role and being a guy that um, you can kind of go to in a, in a situation, let's say playoff comes about, uh, Burns and Woodruff are tired. You got a guy like Wade Miley to step in and potentially be a good veteran leadership. But overall, he's a very good player, and I'm really excited to see the Brewers get him. And then a big loss for them is going to be Taylor Rogers coming out of the bullpen. Obviously, uh, Josh Hader got dealt, but Taylor Rogers got traded from the Padres to the Brewers. Honestly, didn't do great with the Brewers, had a 5.48 ERA, but he's got tons of potential to be a really good left handed pitcher um, out of the bullpen for. You know, a future team. I think he's on the Giants now. Is that correct? Did he sign with the Giants or something like that? Yes, he did with his twin brother. Yeah, that's why I kind of got confused at first when I had put Taylor Rogers in my key loss. I was like, wait, I already thought he was in the Giants. But no, Taylor Rogers is honestly a really good 
uh, bullpen pitcher. I wasn't really a big fan of him as a closer, in my opinion. I think he's more of a setup guy or a potential just regular bullpen arm. But he's got the capabilities to be a save or a closer uh, pitcher. Had 30 saves in 2019 with the Twins and 28 saves last year with the Padres. So all in all, I think it's a big loss kind of having, you know, losing a lefty arm in Josh Hader and now losing an arm in Taylor Rogers. Although he didn't do great with the Brewers, he's still a really solid pitcher out of the bullpen. Honestly, I think the Giants got a pretty big win there. So Taylor Rogers definitely going to hurt the uh, uh, Brewers bullpen losses just a bit, but all in all, I think it was a good, a better pickup for the Giants. And they also had a few other losses in their bullpen uh, outside of just Rogers. They lost Brad Boxberger and Brent Suter, two very solid relief pitchers uh, to set up for their closer, Devin Williams. But now they also don't have Hayter, Taylor. I think their bullpen is pretty weak at the moment uh, with those four guys all leaving. Which is interesting, too, because I feel like to the Brewers' success – the Brewers have tons of success when their bullpen is pitching good. Honestly, I get a lot of crap for it now um, at baseball practice. But before, I think it was the year before, the, the year that the Braves won the World Series, I had legitimately said in the postseason, the Brewers had a legitimate shot to win the World Series just off their pitching. I mean, you look at pitching as being a valuable weapon in the postseason. You had starters like Woodruff and Corbin Burns in the bullpen. You had Hayter, Boxberger, even um, Devin Williams, for that matter. It was a tremendous bullpen. And now, in a way, I feel like they're kind of going away from their identity. Granted, a lot of it, they obviously, salaries, people want to go elsewhere. They're trying to maybe get some more bats, whatever. But all in all, I mean, I feel like that can come. But pitching is just so valuable, I feel like, in today's game more than ever. And losing guys like that um, is definitely something – that is a, is a bit interesting. And I'm also going to go with an ad, though. Uh, Justin Wilson, it was a pitcher, um, obviously going with a lot of losses as far as pitching is concerned. But another relief pitcher kind of filling in the mix there. He is a veteran pitcher, though. Last season, he did deal with some injuries, so he only played in five games. But he is still a really good reliever. Um, he is a pitcher that can fill in nicely to the Brewers' bullpen. Justin Wilson, as a whole, is also a lefty. And then again, he played with the Reds last season, so although he only played in five games, I had some experience there. And he's just a good veteran pitcher. Uh, played you know, all over, kind of like a journeyman as well. And I think it was just a good addition. You lost some weapons in your bullpen. Obviously, that's not the ideal situation, but... Um, just kind of where he's at right now, I think this is going to be, I guess, a good fit for them, um, even though they did lose some big names, like you mentioned. Yeah. Another ad they had was Jesse Winker. Um, yep. He's not going to be the flashy bat. I don't think he was uh, when he was in Cincinnati. Uh, you kind of saw the downside of what he can be in 2022 with Seattle. But he's a good platoon bat uh, against righties. Uh the shift's not going to be there, which was part, which he was affected a little bit with the shift, but not a whole lot. I feel like his splits between the two, between righties and lefties, uh, if they platoon him against righties, that lineup can be pretty scary with Yelich if he's healthy, Rowdy Telez if against lefties, uh, Garrett Mitchell's very good against lefties, one of their new outfielders. Uh, I feel like if they're able to do that, or sorry, against righties. But I feel like if they're able to platoon him in those situations, his stats will show that. What about your biggest bust for the Brewers this year? Um, I would say the biggest bl- biggest bust will be Tyron Taylor. Um, he's an older outfielder at this point. Uh, 
doesn't really have a track record behind him in the majors. I mean, he's been at the club since 2019. I still feel like he's going to have a spot. He has progressed in the power department. Average has always been low. But he's just, I don't believe he's going to really have much of an effect or a spot on the team, at least in the outfield. So that's why he's going to be my biggest bust this year. I'm going to go with Hobie Milner. I think a lot of people don't know who this guy is. He is 32 years old. He's entering his third season now at the Milwaukee Brewers. He's had an interesting career. He is a reliever, but has struggled a lot with ERA. Last season, he actually played pretty much the entire season, or as like a full season as possible with a reliever, just under 70 games, and had a 3.76 ERA. But years prior, 5.4, 8.1, 7.3, 6.5, 7.7, he's really struggled to kind of hone in and um, have success, especially in the bullpen. Now, I think there is a greater opportunity for him to have success with the losses that we mentioned in the bullpen and them getting some more veteran arms to kind of fill in the spots there. But I think I need to see at least one more solid year of Hobie Milner. Otherwise, I'm not going to be a big fan of the Brewers' um, bullpen depth and just him uh, him in general. But he does have the capabilities to be good, has a great curveball, great changeup. Biggest thing with him has been location. Um, he's got wipeout stuff, though. He's averaging about uh, a little over – uh, strikeout and a half uh, in his career uh, per inning. So that's obviously very good. But control will be huge for him, and uh, we'll see how he's able to uh, fare not only this year but in the future. And then your breakout player. Uh, my breakout player is Freddie Peralta. Uh, I think a lot of people believe he was going to break out this year. He was on track to do that. Uh, before he got injured, he had a mid-threes, low-threes ERA, I think in the twos at one point before the injury. He only finished with 78 innings this year, 4-4 four and four record, finished with a 3-5-8 ERA. Uh, I believe he has a projectable career, kind of like Corbin Burns, slow start uh, in the bullpen, kind of start some spot starts here and there throughout their careers early on. But once Corbin Burns got stuck in the start as a starter, he has flourished ever since. Uh, he became a full-time starter in 2021. Uh, that was obviously his Cy Young year. And then last year was actually his second, only his second full year as a starter. Freddie Peralta is kind of on that same line. His first three years kind of in now the starter position. Two years ago in 2021 uh, was his first year as a starter. And I wouldn't thought he was going to have that breakout year like how Corbin did this last year, but with the injury kind of held him back. I believe he's able to get back to his 2021 year and excel from that or add on to that. I'm going to go with a little bit of an interesting guy. Um, I think a lot of people might not be talking about him, but it's Keston Hira. He, I can't even say his name. Hira? Hira? Keston. Hira. Yeah, so he's a second baseman. Um, he's entering his fifth season with Milwaukee. He honestly had career highs in everything, even though average only two point two two six wasn't the greatest, had 14 home runs, 32 RBIs. I think at the second base position, he plays really good um, fundamental defense and has got a solid bat. I'd like to see the average be a little bit better, but you see a lot of these middle infielders, especially in today's game, where you see a lot of them kind of shift more to a power gear. I think he's going to fit well with the Milwaukee Brewers lineup. I think he's going to be a guy that potentially can hit above 250, which um, would be great for him. And then obviously keep piling up the home runs and RBI. So he's in a positive step forward. He's only 26 years old, so he's still relatively young. Got a lot of opportunity to grow and develop. And so I'm really excited to see how he's going to be able to play with that and uh, be able to see kind of what he's got left on, on his uh, on his time here in Milwaukee. 
And then your segment, the minor league player to look out for for the Brewers. The Brewers' minor league player to look out for is Sal Freelick. He was the 15th overall pick in 2021 coming out of Boston College. He is now 22 years old, so on the older side. But what I really like about him is that he hits for average at every level. This last year, he started at A-plus ball and made it all the way up to AAA and started hitting better every level he went up. In A-plus ball, he hit 291, double-A 317, triple-A 365. He's not a power bat. He only had 11 home runs within that time, but he limits his strikeouts to only 63 with having 52 walks, steals bases of 24, six triples, 28 doubles. He's a great defender. He's going to be their center fielder, I believe. Uh, their outfield prospects are just stacked, other what they have, but South Freelick, I believe, may possibly break Miley Camp as their starting outfielder, center fielder, or but he will get the call this sometime at this sometime this year. He will get the call. That is definitely a big guy to watch out for for the Milwaukee Brewers, especially on the offensive side. Curious to see, you know, the Brewers where they're at right now and their prospects they got coming up. This is a team that can make some noise not only this year, I think thanks to the help of the NL Central and where they're at in the division-wise, um, but just as the younger generation of Brewers continue to grow and develop as well. That's going to be it to this podcast. That's going to be it to the NL Central series. I hope you guys did enjoy these first five teams. We got the AL Central next. My team's obviously in that division, so that one's going to be fun to talk about. But the NL uh, Central is done. The AL Central is next. We got the East and the West divisions to follow. Hopefully you guys did enjoy this podcast, and hopefully you guys are enjoying this series. And if you are, make sure you follow The Truth on Twitter. Let us know. Follow The the Truth on Twitter. The Truth as one to stay up to date with the latest information regarding The Truth, including podcast dates, podcast uploads, and other important information about you you guys do not want to miss. Until next time, I'm your host, the one you love the most, Niall Hessen, joined by AJ Ponciano. Take care and good night.